Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week, we'll feature the one, the only Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer, talking about the end of Apple's airport. A little bit later, we'll hear from Rob Pegarero in a special Encore appearance. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. So before we got started here, I asked Jeff Gamut, because he was running a little bit late, whether I should send a Slender Man after him. And everybody seems to know about Slender Man. How did well, you learn about Slender Man? I, I learned about Slender Man, it was a while ago when people started saying, have you been freaked out really bad lately? If not, check out Slender Man. I went and did some research and I'm like, holy crap, I can see why some people would be really freaked out by Slender Man. It's about imagining something online and then having reports of people who actually met up with or were somehow influenced to do bad things by slender man and those of you familiar with our other radio show the powercast this week we're featuring author nick redfern who wrote a book about slender man it is not batman it is not superman it is slender man tall thin and and creepy as F, as they say. Nick also likens him to the legend of the Pied Piper of Hamlin. Oh, okay. Where when they wouldn't pay him for the things he did, he influenced the children to follow him into the lake or something like that. Let's talk about something that we kind of expected to happen. Apple has made the official announcement, bye-bye airport. Yeah. Tell us. On one hand, this is news. And on the other hand, we should have all seen this coming for a long time. So Apple just announced that the airport product line has been officially discontinued. So they're not making any more. Whatever airport extreme base stations, airport expresses, airport time capsules are left in inventory. That's all there is. So once they're sold out, they're just gone. Now, last November... There was a report that surfaced that said that Apple had disbanded its wireless networking team, which seemed like a pretty good indication that the airport product line was dead. And that that was just compounding what we already knew, which is that Apple hadn't updated the airport extreme since 2013, and I believe it was 2012 for the airport express. So it had been years since any changes had been made to the product line. The development team for networking gets disbanded. Now we finally have the official announcement. So it's it's unfortunate to see this product line go because Apple made like really durable base stations. Their their products just seem to run. So it's it's sad to see the airport product line go away. Now the airport first appeared in nineteen ninety nine when we knew nothing about wireless networking. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty slow. It was dreadfully slow, like 11 megabits or something, worse than a very poor broadband connection, except the ones in the hotels in which I stayed when I was briefly without an apartment to live in. And you'd pay, and I'll give you an example, Motel 6. We'd pay $5 a day for a coupon code for broadband, but mm-hmm. it was only 5 megabits. It was oh, dreadful. Ouch. Dreadful. I mean, you get a cheap hotel... You get cheap broadband, $5 a day. 
Now, obviously, there are hotels that give you free broadband, but the price increase is a lot more than $5. But I had to survive on $5. Now, Mm -hmm. imagine now 11 megabits. So I remember when the airports first came out, and I finally got a Mac with an airport built in and then maybe an airport base station. And I realized the copying speed wirelessly was dreadfully slow. So maybe it took a minute to copy a file from Ethernet. Mm -hmm. With... Wi-Fi was 10 times longer. It was dreadfully slow. And of course, over the years, the standards improve. So right now, with the current standard, it's pretty good, pretty quick. Now, Apple was at the forefront of this. They sat on the standards committee for Wi-Fi. And of course, they still have Wi-Fi gear. You know, all their products have Wi-Fi radios in them, and they work pretty well. Mm -hmm. But we're talking here about the separate, the routers, that kind of thing. What happened? Why did Apple lose this product line or give it up? You know, I've been trying to really wrap my head around that because it, it seems like such a, a lost opportunity for Apple. Now, back in 1999, Apple was in a position where if they really wanted to have wireless networking happen, they had to make their own base station. There was just no way around it because you weren't going to be able to get something that would let you have wireless network except that Apple made the original Graphite base station. And, you know, they, they showed that off at the same Macworld where they introduced the original clamshell iBook, which was the first computer Apple made that had Wi-Fi built in. And they needed something so that you could have a wireless network. They made a base station. And then they continued to make base stations, and they, and they made them better and better and more capable over time. And it was great. That's all I used. My my last Apple, or excuse me, uh, before before I switched over to a Wi-Fi mesh product, I'm using Eero now, my base station was an Airport Extreme, one of the towers. I'd been using it for, well, since 2013, and it was awesome. And the only reason that I replaced it was because I really wanted to have a, a Wi-Fi mesh setup, and I took my perfectly good base station and went and set it up at someone else's house so they could have a much better network than what they had before. Explain to our listeners what we mean by a mesh wireless network. If you have a space... It's not a mess, it's a mesh. No, it's not a mess at all, actually. It's, yeah, mesh is, it's wonderful. So if you have a, a network where you have a lot of devices or you have a, a larger area that you need to cover... A mesh network can be really useful because instead of having a single access point like an Airport Extreme base station to take in and send out all the data that's passing through your network, that can be distributed amongst multiple base stations. We've had the ability to set up multiple base stations on a Wi-Fi network for a long time. What mesh does is turns that into this seamless thing where your devices never need to think about which access point they're connecting to. That's all being managed for them. So the Wi-Fi mesh routers will hand off the devices to the base station that will serve them best either for data transfers or for uh, connection strength. So if you have a network where you're in a situation where that single base station just isn't serving your needs anymore, Wi-Fi mesh is probably the answer. And I, and I think for most people, it will ultimately be the future of Wi-Fi networking 
even if they don't have a huge space, just the ability to, to have something that can more robustly handle uh, a large number of devices is kind of a cool thing. My mesh network setup was $300. Maybe not that much. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it, it was definitely a financial investment. Now, let's point out something else here when we go back to airport. One of the things that really made the airport good was the fact that it was fairly easy to set up. Mm-hmm. And at one time, some people at consumer electronics stores told me that the devices that were most sent in for refund were routers because people couldn't make head or tails. In those days, to get the router to work, you had to go online. They had this horrible browser interface, and you had to make them work. Whereas now, most of these routers have setup assistants, and supposedly they do most of the work behind the scenes. You get to rename your Wi-Fi network or networks. You get to set your password. Some of them give you a strong password, so it's not just password like Cox does with their routers. We'll get into more of this. Yes, it does. We'll get into more of this with Jeff Gamet. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. 
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to NutraMedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutralized the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888 212 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We're talking about the death of airport requiem for airport and the fact that one of the things about airport it was good it was easy fairly easy to set up and third-party routers are better now you turn them on you plug them in and they have a setup assistant and sometimes they give you a very good password and the only hope you have there is that the password they're giving you is unique and that's not password now i'll give you an example of this i set up what they call an aris panoramic router from Cox Communications. It's a cable modem, it's a Wi-Fi router, and it's also a connection point for their VoIP-based telephone system where you have two phone lines. So it's a (laughs) phone adapter also for their proprietary service. And you look at it, and the password it provides is password. And Cox has done this for years. And I've mentioned to the service people, it's not their fault, really? A lot of people are going to leave it that way. Is this what you want? But the thing about Apple was the airport utility. Unfortunately, the airport utility was made so simple that some of the power user settings were no longer available. And that harmed the product a bit, didn't it? Yeah, for some people, yeah, that that was a a definite frustration point. There, There were many times where I looked at what the hardware was capable of and then the features that I actually had access to 
and I was frustrated because I did want to do more with my base station than Apple was letting me do. That was another thing that helped push me over the edge into into moving into the system that I have now because I did want to have more control over what I was doing with my network. I'd say 95% of people just need to turn it on, log in, and leave it alone. I agree. I am definitely an outlier in this case. In any case now, Apple gave up on this probably because there are so many routers out there that's hard for Apple to find a place. In the old days, one of the other selling points of the airport router is that it was completely compatible with Apple's wireless gear. Now it works with almost anything out there, so it shouldn't be an issue. Also, for better or worse, ISPs, broadband providers, give you a cable or DSL modem with a built-in router. So for Mm -hmm. most people, they don't have a reason to buy anything else. You get one box that does it all. But there's an exception to that, which I'll mention briefly. Now, that Aris panoramic router from Cox, once you fix the passwords and everything, once you fix the password, it was a pretty darn good router. Really. Mm -hmm. But I moved to a new apartment where... It's wired for CenturyLink. The only broadband you get is CenturyLink, unless someone had a wireless system. Mm -hmm. You get CenturyLink. If you want TV, it's any TV system, as long as it's direct TV. Also, CenturyLink has a system they're phasing out, which is similar to Uverse from AT&T, kind of an internet-based system called Prism. Big failure. Big failure. And the reason is because you're stuck with one box for internet and TV, and that box has to be in the room in which your TV is. And if you want to be setting up your computer somewhere else and you want a wired connection, it's not so easy, okay? So that is the issue with that. So I got the box from CenturyLink. Their broadband is pretty decent, but their Wi-Fi sucks, rocks. Mm-hmm. So I ended up using a third-party router that I had here. It's an Ampid wireless AC2200, which has three antennas and three separate streams. See, that's important. Those extra streams are really important. They've got two at 5, one at 2.4. And I looked at it, well, I've got, what, a dozen different devices on Wi-Fi. I've got... Two iPhones, an iPad, got my one Mac, the other Mac is wired. I've got the TV set, the Blu-ray player. You keep adding it up and everything's got Wi-Fi. And if you're feeding 12 different Wi-Fi connections, it's not that they don't work. A lot of them do things in the background, like your set-top box for your cable or satellite provider. They're always doing things in the background, for on-demand, you want to do on-demand or pay-per-view, you've got to have an internet connection that's live. So mm-hmm. everything is pulling data off your internet connection. They're clogging your network stream. So you need something that can handle all those devices. The one from CenturyLink can't. The Ampid wireless, because it has two 5 gigahertz streams. Mm-hmm. Two 5 gigahertz streams. And that's nice because that means that you can have more devices utilizing your bandwidth 
more efficiently because they're being split across the, the streams. Exactly. So I have one network name for the first 5G, the second one for the second 5G. And by splitting up the devices, I get higher throughput. The loss from the basic speed that the Internet's giving me is much, much less. And that works. So that's another thing. Again, of course, to do that, if you want to use a separate router, in addition to the one you have on your ISP, you have to go into its web interface and turn off the Wi-Fi radios on your ISP's yeah, or, router. And then plug in, ISPs. not from, and then plug in a cable from there to your regular router. Yeah, now some ISPs make that really difficult, and, and they won't let you turn off the Wi-Fi antennas yourself. You have to call them, and then they do it from their end. Which ones? Like Comcast, if, uh, or, or excuse me, Xfinity now. If you have one of their Wi-Fi routers, and you want to turn the Wi-Fi off and use your, your own Wi-Fi router instead... You don't have a web interface for doing that. You actually have to call their customer service and have them do it from their end. They, I, they don't want you turning that Wi-Fi antenna off. Okay. Now, I have no trouble with the Cox interface. It's not as obvious, nor with the CenturyLink interface, which is a pretty fairly basic interface. It's not difficult. That's, you know... They're exerting controls they should not have to exert. Now, is their Xfinity router so bad that you need to use someone else's? Um, it depends. It, I, what, what I found was that the, the Wi-Fi router they provided me initially was, it, it was really designed to work with Windows computers. And so it didn't connect reliably to my Mac. And it was just really weird because, you know, Wi-Fi should just be Wi-Fi. And so ultimately, I ended up buying my own Cisco cable modem box that does not have Wi-Fi in it. And it's one that's compatible with Xfinity system. And set that up, gave them their modem back. And I've been using that for years without any issues at all. More to come with Gene and Jeff on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Healthcare reform is confusing. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who control their own healthcare costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of their medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. 
Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the pad and fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. How well and how fast does heart and body extract work to improve blood circulation? Listen. My name is Ellis and I'm 66 years old and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Two years ago, I was diagnosed as having clogged arteries. I had 70% blockage in one artery leading to my heart. They wanted me to go on Plavix, but I refused knowing the negative side effects. Heart and Body Extract is a unique balance, synergy, and proportion of herbs reaching from head to toe at maximum absorption around 95% at the cellular level. Within the first month, I felt a dramatic difference. The heaviness in my legs was reduced, and within two months, I felt completely normal. Your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is Heart and Body Extract. Heart and Body Extract comes with a 100% ironclad money-back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Call 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. So there you go. The death of airport, all the new options, which can be more complicated. Some of the things the ISPs are doing to kind of mess you up if you want to use your own router because they supply products that aren't so good. Maybe they want to sell you a mesh router. I wonder if they're going to do that eventually. Comcast is already working on those products. Comcast ha- or Xfinity has some some pretty aggressive plans, not like, like mean aggressive, but 
aggressive plans for being your entire network and smart home setup in addition to providing you your broadband and TV content. So yeah, they're heading down that path. Well, also, sometimes they do strange things. I'm not sure if Comcast does this, but there's a new system for cable called Doxis 3.1. It adds streams, and the original standard will allow downloads of up to gigabit without having to have fiber cable to your home, which is very expensive. The problem is the upload speed is 30 or 35 megabits. But most people don't really need the fast upload. Some of us do. But now with Cox, in order to get what they call Gigablast, mm-hmm. you have to buy the router separately for like 150 or $200. They don't rent it to you yet. They will, I think, in May or June. Now, there's a new standard for DOCSIS 3.1, which is kind of, kind of a dual system where up and down is the same. So you'll be able to get gigabits, uploads, and downloads without fiber cable to your home because they're sending nice. multi-streams. They're mm-hmm. doing a lot of finagling in the background, trickery to get this to happen. It'll mean that for like $5, $10 more, everybody's going to have gigabit in some way or another. It's going to be very interesting. So we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll bring in some of the router makers now that there's so much variety to help our listeners get a better handle on which ones to get. Now, this Ampid AC2200 is very good because of the fact that it has the second 5 gigahertz channels. Mm-hmm. And therefore, when you have a lot of devices, it's going to make it a lot better. Now, we had a phone call where I stopped the show for a minute. And we're always interested in the tech business on security, especially, you know, Wi-Fi. You want to have strong password. Mm-hmm. Turns up that on my wife's credit reports on some of them, a totally different person is on there with a totally different husband, a totally different payment history, totally different court records, different addresses, different well, driving maybe experience. Maybe you need to have a talk and, with your wife. Well, she must be two people at once. They have her living in places that neither of us ever heard of. Wow. Once, one of the addresses is in Michigan, and she's never lived in Michigan. She's never been to Michigan in her entire life. And what's happened here is that her, what they call LexisNexis report, is scrambled. LexisNexis, you don't hear of it. You hear like Experian, Equifax, or TransUnion. LexisNexis is the credit bureau that is checked when you want to get auto insurance Mm -hmm. because they check that record to check your driving record, a record of traffic accidents, having your license suspended, traffic violations. I mean, it's used by others, too. We found it on one of her credit reports, too, regular credit reports. But it's something that you don't know about. You may wonder, why is your auto insurance so high? Maybe there's a mistake on your LexisNexis report. It's like the unknown credit bureau. And my wife has been working with this guy, and he's found even more names. It's like a whole family of near-do-wells with tax liens and failure to pay their property taxes and all this other stuff and judgments and everything mixed in with her credit record. That is crazy. And and what a pain for, for you and her. 
Well, what we're doing here is we're in touch with them, and it's not a place that anyone even wants to admit exists. They're under the radar. Of course, I guess a credit bureau really doesn't want to be known as much because of the fact that after Equifax and the breaches over there, it was I think two breaches, not just one, mm-hmm. people don't want to know. They don't want you to know that they exist anymore, although some really pull stunts. You know, a lot of them operate under different names. So, for example, Experian. Ever hear freecreditreport.com? That's Experian. Annualcreditreport.com. That's Experian. They market under different names to get your money for credit monitoring or to sell you credit reports or something like that. I assume that the merchants already pay them to get your credit report, but they want you to pay also. It sounds like like a nice gig if you can make it work. Well, the problem with it is here is that you have no control. You are the customer of the credit bureau, even though you never gave them any information. You never signed up for anything. You are their customer because the people you deal with have opted to deal with them. And when you have a situation where your data has been breached, like, what, 150, 160 million from Equifax... You're talking here about what? All the families in the U.S.? They have your record. And I've seen weird stuff happen to me, by the way, and I believe in strong passwords. You know, briefly, Jeff will go along with me here. Mixture of upper and lowercase characters, random numbers, punctuation. You know what I'm talking about. Two-factor authentication is very good. And what that means is maybe you'll log in to a service and then they'll send a message to your cell phone, you have to enter the numbers. So you have two factors, two ways to authenticate before you log in. I mean, if somebody comes to your house and holds a gun to your head and says, log in, it doesn't matter if you have 50 authentications and 50 factors, you're going to say, yes, sir. But otherwise, it provides more security. So I do all that stuff. So I have a streaming service where suddenly the membership ended. And I contacted them and I said, why is the membership ended? And they said, oh, you canceled it after the end of the billing period. And I said, who? Yes, you logged in and canceled. No, I didn't log in and cancel. Isn't that weird? That's weird. Okay. I did not log in and cancel. But they had a record that I did. Somebody, this is an interesting thing here. When I was, I was asking for uh, some financial help donations and somebody offers me a donation and says look I'll, I'll send it to your bank account so i email them actually i send it as a private tweet i send them the information on the bank account this is a bank account where i don't keep a lot of money so i figured if they're going to steal the money from my bank account mazel tov, it's two dollars let them have the two dollars i'll just close the account and try again they posted it on twitter live on my account name they logged into my account on twitter Holy crap. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So the bank account is now hacked. I went to the bank and we opened a new account. I've moved, so the address they include is fake. Then somebody the other day posts the same information under their name or a phony name. Are we having fun yet? Uh, Well, I think we need to decide what our definition of fun is going to be. Well, it's called a crime, ladies and gentlemen. If you catch somebody doing this, it's attempted identity theft. And that's what gets the authorities going. So if your account is hacked, if your account is hacked and they attempt to 
steal your identity, which is obviously impersonating you, that's a crime. If they try or threaten bodily harm, that is also a crime. So if that happens, maybe the FBI will or the local police will investigate. Otherwise, they don't really care. But it's a crazy world out there. And now we have the additional problem of my wife having her name mixed in with this ornery family. That's just a giant bucket of awesome. It's a bucket of something, but unfortunately, yeah. this is commercial radio, and we are not allowed to mention what. So we'll give up of the buckets here because we can't mention what we really think of this <laughs> on commercial radio. More with Jeff and Gene on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpillett.com. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home? And you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. 
If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Okay, so we're using the latest version of Skype here, and if weird stuff happens, it's because Skype is rather in lousy, lousy shape. Oh, well. Boy, howdy. I don't know if this is an important issue or not, but iTunes, at long last, is available in the Microsoft Store. iTunes for Windows. It was available from Apple. You could download it. Mm -hmm. But now it's available in the Microsoft Store. Does anybody even log into the Microsoft Store? Well, if you're using, uh, what, what are they calling it, Windows S? or Windows 10 S, then yeah, because that's the the way that you'll get apps for your devices. So really, adding iTunes to the, to the Windows App Store thing, this just ensures that people that are running Windows 10 S can install iTunes and, and take advantage of its features. So it took, what, like a year longer than Apple said it was going to, so I'm not sure what the deal was there, but... Yeah, it's now everyone running Windows will be able to install iTunes instead of just some of the people. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm sure I can hear it in your voice. It's such a big story. I mean, it's incredible. What do you think of all these stories about the HomePod being, as they say, bombing, not selling so well? You know... Apple hasn't given us numbers, so there's a lot of speculation that's happening. We, we saw the same thing with Apple Watch when it came out. The, the, all of these analysts and research firms said the Apple Watch was tanking, it just wasn't selling. Well, here we are on the fourth generation, which is Apple Watch Series 3, and Apple Watch is selling really well. Apple is apparently outselling a lot of traditional watchmakers right now with Apple Watch. All the ones in Sweden. Yeah, all the ones in Sweden. Yeah, And it's also the number one best-selling wearable in the world. 
Right. So that that's pretty good for a device that everyone, well, at least the the pundits were writing off as as a failure. So I'm not ready to write off HomePod as a failure right now. I mean, we we have what two months of sales. That's not much data to go on. I mean, the people that that I have encountered that have HomePods, they like them. The other thing to bear in mind here when it comes to HomePod, HomePod is probably going to sell best during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. In fact, the first quarter of the year is probably the worst month for sales of that sort of device. Yeah, I think if HomePod had started shipping in, say, November of 2017, people would be talking about its sales figures in a very different light because there would have been holiday season sales. For, for the device. But instead, we didn't get to start buying this thing until after the holiday season had really ended. So we'll see more sales happening over time, of course, because that's just how it works. But I think we'll see the big boost for HomePod in the fall of 2000 and whatever year we're in now because that that's when people are going to start doing holiday buying again and i think that that's when we'll see the the biggest uptick in homepod sales the thing of course is going to be the same thing it's going to be in the other products category at apple so we'll only have to infer this by the total numbers as we will as we will when the financials come out in just a few days after you hear the show. Right. And these reports we're hearing that Apple is selling four a day per store. Okay, these are not numbers coming from Apple. The, these are numbers that are coming from, from people that are estimating, people that are saying they have an insider source at a store. Uh, so it, it's unconfirmed sources. I'm, I'm not willing to to write off HomePod yet. It's, I don't think it's going to sell on the same scale that the iPhone does. That, that would be ridiculous to expect that. But I think that's part of the problem. People look at iPhone sales and use that as the baseline for whatever else Apple sells. And if you're not selling in the volume that, that an iPhone does, then clearly the product must be a failure. Uh, obviously, obviously. We know, of course, that the iPhone ten is a huge fail. Nobody wants to spend $999 for a smartphone. But then you wonder, you can get a Samsung Galaxy Note 9 for $950. Why does that make a difference, and why is nobody complaining? Well, because that's Samsung and not Apple. People love bagging on Apple right now because Apple is up on this pedestal. I mean, that's that's the company that's that's so successful. And people love tearing down those big successful companies. People love when their heroes fall from pedestals. And we'll see people say that uh, Apple's pricing is horrible, even though you could spend as much for a Samsung phone before the iPhone X came out. And what about the Pixels? And Pixels are not cheap either. You see, what they say here is Apple charges too much, they'll sell more product. But then you look, the average sale price of iPhones keeps going up, which means the weighting of sales is more towards the high end. Mm -hmm. That means someone's buying iPhone 10s. Two or three people. Yeah. 
You know, I think it's a big fail. That's right. What surprised me is continuing that meme even after Apple announces that the iPhone 10 was the number one best-selling smartphone in the world during the weeks it was on sale. Number mm-hmm. one best-selling. It's a big fail. It's a big fail. But it's number... How do you reconcile that? Even after Apple makes the announcement, they can say, well, Apple's making up numbers. No, because Tim Cook will go to jail. Yeah, Tim... He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that that would want to spend any time in jail. So he's going to fly the straight and narrow when it comes to to uh, announcing sales activity for Apple products. So if he says that the iPhone 10 was the top selling smartphone or iPhone or, or whatever ever since it went on sale, okay, then that's a number that can be backed up somewhere. Right. It's going to be in their SEC filing. And Apple does not need to get itself in trouble. Tim Cook is not jail bait. Whatever you think of Tim Cook, he ain't going to jail. Yeah, no, that's that's not going to happen. And, and not because he's avoiding jail, but because he's flying the straight and narrow. Well, that's too bad, isn't it? That he has to dare do things like that. <laughs> yeah. The straight and the narrow. The there is an article here, I don't know if you read it, from Macworld, saying products that Apple needs to discontinue. They mentioned the airport. That was, you know, something that was already decided, so we don't count that. They mention among the products that Apple should discontinue is iTunes because it's bloated and slow and everything. But the actual application size of iTunes is, what, about one-tenth of that of Microsoft Word? It's not that big an app, like 275 megabytes on my Mac. It's a browser. Maybe it has too many functions, but it's not a fat app. No, it's not a fat app. It's, uh, It's a confusing app. And I think it's trying to do too much. And I, I have heard that Apple is trying to figure out how to extract itself from the mess that iTunes has become. But the problem is, what's the right approach to that? I mean, some people say, well, just split it up into separate apps. Well, I'm not sure if that's really the right fix for this. I mean, multiple apps... Maybe a single app that that morphs its interface based on what you're doing. Maybe that's a way to go. I don't know. But part of it's also the back end. And, and Apple can't do anything that breaks the ability for people to use iTunes or the App Store for any length of time. That, that would just be a disaster. So whatever it is that they do to fix this, they have to figure out how to do it so that nothing on the back end breaks during during the transition into the new thing. And they need to figure out what really makes sense for interfaces, for the things that, that we want to do with our media. Now, the problem here, if you switch to multiple apps, which is kind of what you do on an iPhone, for example, instead of having one app to launch, you have to figure out which of the five apps you need to launch. If you want to talk about bloat, you have five apps with similar database features and therefore a lot more storage is being taken up on your Mac. Let's continue. iTunes 
and more with Jeff Gamet, Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. We depend on our drinking water supply daily, but where does that water come from? Your water provider encourages you to get to know your local water source so together we can protect and preserve it. The investments we make as a community to protect our water source now ensure we have a sustainable drinking water supply for the future. Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association and your local water provider. Are you retired or facing retirement and you're afraid your income is going to be less than you'd like? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and I want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current schedule, creating extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Let's say that we have a second version of this radio show, which you can get if you subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus. Why? Because that version gives you no network ads. We take them away and give you better audio quality. For more information, go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com, with Jeff Gamut looking at ways to fix iTunes. And I guess it's mostly interface elements. Can we simplify it? Can we do things to make iTunes easier to use? Not so much the size of the app. Right now, you have a little pop-up menu to switch between audiobooks, podcasts, TV shows, movies, and music. Mm-hmm. There's no longer app access, app store access in there for iOS. You want to do that, you have to go to your iPhone or iPad. But that seems simple enough. And then you have three, and you have options as to whether you're consulting your library in terms of movies, for example, unwatched movies and the iTunes store. Under music... It has a relationship to Apple Music, even if you don't have Apple Music. The thing is here that I don't consider that hard to use. 
It's pretty carefully labeled. I mean, I think part of the complaint here is that when you switch modes to different programming sources, the selections, the tabs without any borders, the borderless tabs in the center of the screen are in different locations, so muscle memory doesn't work so well. So under music, you have five categories. Under movies, you have three. Under podcasts, you have three also. But even then, the locations are slightly different. So one of the interface elements that confuses people is where the muscle memory doesn't work because the locations of these tabs, or whatever you want to call them, are different. Mm -hmm. That's a criticism. I suppose you get used to that. Otherwise, it's a standard browser interface. Maybe some of the options are a little bit obscure. But I don't find it, maybe because I'm an old-fashioned person, I don't find it that difficult to use. I'm sure there are better ways of doing it. But remember also, when you change things substantially, you're going to confuse people. Some people will say, well, I'm used to doing it this way, for better or worse. What do you do? Separate apps, I don't think it's going to work for efficiency's sake. So what is the solution for iTunes? I assume they have these brilliant programmers who will think about it, but it has to be strictly front-end. As you say, you mess with the database functions, you're going to confuse things. And even if you adapt it to a new method, what about the old method? Because Mm -hmm. millions of people are still going to have the older version for a long time. They can't run the newer operating systems. What do you do? And I guess that's one of the things that Apple has to consider. Also, there's a Windows version. So whatever they do with the Mac version, you're probably going to want to have the Windows version do the same thing in the same way. Right. It's the rock and a hard place. Yeah, Apple's in a very hard place with iTunes. Because for every reason you just laid out, I mean, how, how do they fix that? And I don't have the answer. If I did, I bet Apple would pay me a lot of money to to help them with the whole iTunes headache. Yeah, I don't know how you're going to fix that problem. It, it is a hot mess, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. It's going to happen slowly. It's not going to be drastic if anything has changed. Because it's yeah. going to cause too much of a disruption. You're talking about a program here that has, with the Windows version, hundreds of millions of people accessing iTunes. And you can't just make a change without consequences. Anyway, that article from Macworld also suggests that the Mac Mini should be discontinued. And this comes after Tim Cook says, we love the Mac Mini. Stay tuned. It's like the guy who wrote that article is somewhere in another dimension. He crossed the dimensional portal. I don't like to criticize Macworld, but I'm not as impressed with it as I was when it was had a print version and before it was sold off. The company was sold off to a new investors, I think, from China. Not because they're in China, but I just don't see the factual accuracy being what it should be. Mac Mini, I think there's going to be a new one because why would Tim Cook say Apple loves it? Why would Phil Schiller say we love the Mac Mini if they did not intend to do something with it? What do you think? I agree. You didn't hear them saying we love Wi-Fi. You didn't hear them saying we love the airport extreme base station. They just didn't talk about it. Same thing with the Thunderbolt display. But they do talk about the Mac Mini some. And there Uh, will be a new display probably next year. Yeah, probably next year. Yeah. Uh, But with the Mac Mini, 
they have a product that they have let languish for far too long, and they need to do something about that. And the the answer is not to kill the Mac Mini because it it still has a place in Apple's product lineup. They need to update it. And the the fact that they haven't even done like a like a reasonable processor upgrade in the last couple of years to me is just crazy. I, I don't get why this device has been languishing for so long. But killing it off is not the right answer. It needs to be updated. Now it may be that Apple is going to do what they're doing with the Mac Pro, a major big time upgrade that will expand or at least change some of the focus of the Mac Mini. It's a cheap computer, and I still say, and some other people are starting to agree with me, that one approach that Apple could take is the HP Z2 Mini Workstation, which mm-hmm. it looks kind of sort of like a Mac Mini knockoff. The physical square size is bigger, and it's taller, mm-hmm. and weighs more. But Apple could make that like a mini Mac Pro, where you could buy it basic for five six hundred dollars like you do now or add really powerful stuff there and make it into something for people who can't afford what an iMac Pro is which is five thousand dollars or what a Mac Pro might cost which is six or seven thousand they can't afford that I don't know too many people who can't afford one unless they have a rich relative or something or some lucrative job but Mm -hmm. for people who cannot afford that and need some extra power the Mac Mini could be a pretty flexible device with lots and lots of options. Imagine putting a Xeon processor in a Mac Mini, maybe for 3000 or something. Yeah, it could be a very, or excuse me, a more affordable powerhouse desktop machine. And I just wish they would do something like that. I mean, this is another place where Apple has a really good product and if they would just update it, it would be worth so much more to so many people. Now, remember here, too, in designing the Mac Pro, which will be out in 2019, Apple has put together a team to look at workflows to see how people use their computer and what functions slow things down. We have to sit and wait for things to happen. Mm-hmm. And maybe employees like that time gives them a little bit of rest, but... The employers want to know that the computer is keeping up with the user. It doesn't fall behind very much. So Apple is looking at the log jams in the workflow. And maybe the Mac Mini will be part of that. Here's a cheap computer for people who can't afford $7,000 computers or $10,000, whatever it's going to cost. But they get something cheaper that still addresses workflow because something like that the enhancements can spread through the entire Mac lineup. Ultimately, they will filter down, like luxury car features filter down to compacts and small mm-hmm. SUVs and things. Whatever Apple figures out for the Mac Pro, they can bring to all Macs. And then Apple says, we have enhancements here that nobody else has that make you more productive. See, right now there's a story here that half of the enterprise companies let you choose your own computer and like three quarters or two thirds of them want Macs or iPhones. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is incredible. It's saying that Apple has a chance here to really, really steal tons of sales and declining market 
in the PC industry because people want Macs. And if Apple is doing this, enhancing productivity, that's going to make a lot of sales. That's going to really save the Mac and give it more traction in an area where the market is declining. Personal computers. Got more to come with Jeff Gamut. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine. For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Why take another pill? Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. See why our homegrown small business at sunny-bay.com has tried to help people just like you. Get your Sunny Bay heating pads at sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. Or call 253-678-1361. For hot and cold therapy, sunny-bay.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Bitcoin is losing crypto market share to other digital currencies. Bitcoin's astronomical rise has led to the creation of numerous competitors like Ethereum, Ripple, and Litecoin, which have also seen massive gains in value. According to Quartz, Bitcoin made up 85% of the crypto market one year ago, and today it has fallen to 36%. Remember, the only way to win in the casino is to take chips off the table. Call Miles Franklin at 866-485-4346 and let us show you how to quickly turn your Bitcoin into the 5,000-year-old safety of precious metals. Miles Franklin can quickly convert your Bitcoin to precious metals with one phone call at 866-485-4346. That's Miles Franklin celebrating our 29th year in business without ever receiving a customer complaint. Call us at 866-485-4346. Fast easy, safe, and convert your Bitcoin into gold with one phone call. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So that is the Mac Mini. We're talking here about suggestions of what products Apple ought to give up. And the one where they've already done it is Airport. It wasn't decided by Macworld Magazine, by the way. It was decided a long time ago. The iPad Mini 4 hasn't been upgraded in three years. Do we need one? I say we do need one. I, I think the iPad Mini has uh, a, a really nice place in the iPad lineup. I don't think it's going to get updated, though. Uh, what I love about the Mini is that you can you have something that's lightweight, it's, it's very portable, it's easy to hold, the screen is big enough so that you can do a lot on it, uh, but it, you know, it's not big enough so that you're going to be working on, say, like complicated spreadsheets, uh, uh, things like that on it. But you can do a lot on a mini. And I found it is my device of choice when I want to read ebooks. I like it when I'm out and about and want to have something bigger than my iPhone for checking email and uh, and doing other communication things. But I think this is one place where Apple is going to kill the product. They they haven't done updates for a long time. They have it priced at a at a point where it doesn't make sense to buy it anymore because you you can get more powerful iPads for a lower price with a bigger screen. I can see some industrial use for it because it's a small tablet that mm-hmm. can be taken on a manufacturing floor, handed out to patients at a doctor's office. So they can sure. fill in information. In fact, my wife the other day went to an eye doctor and they had her, they handed her an iPad, a regular size one. And she entered patient information with check boxes and things much, much faster than filling out these clumsy sheets where the information could be misinterpreted when it's being entered into a computer. Whereas here, it goes immediately over the network from her point of entry, the iPad, to the network for that doctor's office. Now, the only difference is the rest of the computers were PCs. And maybe because they had to be compatible with the other offices of that network, it was a chain of eye doctor offices where they have ophthalmologists and optometrists and everything, a large sure. chain. And therefore, this practice has a centralized computer system, whereas they set it up so that the iPads still interface with that system, because let's face it, most iPad users are using Windows. So in any case, that's an area where maybe an iPad mini will still have traction. I assume Apple's looking at the sales figures, and when they get down to a certain point, they'll say, okay, we give it up. 
the suggestion is a lot of people who'd buy an iPad mini bought an iPhone plus six plus seven plus possibly this alleged forthcoming 10 plus. So that's one reason why less interest. That's what killed those products is the phablet where it's still smaller, but it's one device instead of two devices. Yeah. With the, with the growing screen size on smartphones, the need for an iPad mini is decreasing, but man, I still think it's an awesome size. Maybe they figure it's going to get to like a six and a half or seven inch iPhone. They're saying, what is it now, that the iPhone 10 Plus will be 6.5 inches and the iPad mini is 7.9 inches. So it's converging. Yeah, it is. And, and, uh, and maybe and there's a seven inch iPhone, a seven inch iPhone somewhere. I'm sure in a lab somewhere there is. With as big as the iPhone is getting, the need for the iPad mini is decreasing that just kind of makes me sad i really love the the mini form factor i think it's a great ipad final topic not forever just now mac with arm processors that story has been renewed again and the thing that bothers me here is not the fact they'll have to have an intel emulator but so many people buy macs i think to be able to run mac os and windows with good performance how do you handle that? How do you handle that with Macs on ARM unless Apple has a, a trick, a technique to make it work? Well, you need to have an ARM processor that's really powerful. And you need to have the rest of the infrastructure in your computer to support that as well. Otherwise, you're back to what we used to deal with years ago with emulation where it was just horrible absolutely horrible and that's not acceptable apple cannot allow themselves to go backwards in that way i had come up with a really dumb suggestion because i'm not a programmer maybe apple can send the intel commands to the graphics processors to really speed them up have all those extra cores that graphics processors have and possibly since they're still a customer of intel license intel technology and maybe have intel fabricate the new arm chips that will be used for mac so intel still gets an income stream mm-hmm. they'll license certain technologies to apple so they can emulate with good performance and fabricate the chips so they still have a customer okay i can see this i've also come up with another hypothesis or idea of what apple could do it's not a binary thing even though processors are actually binary things Instead of replacing the Intel processor with an ARM processor, why not have dual processors? You have Intel in ARM, and then you have certain parts of the operating system that are using your Intel processor, and other parts are relying on the ARM processor. So things that that Apple's doing that are just very specific to their own hardware, to to the operating system, those could be channeled through the ARM processor and then the other tasks that currently rely on Intel chips, that's still going to happen. So like like running your mainstream applications, things like that. Well, that's, they're doing that now. The exactly. touch bar on the MacBook Pro, a similar setup, even though there's no touch bar, on the iMac Pro where they have the system on a chip. So 
Apple is already beginning to add low-level functions on yeah. ARM processors, which takes the load off the Intel processors, possibly the overhead, and might in the end result in better performance. And because the ARM processors are very cheap to produce, give you a better value. And probably better battery life, too. Yeah, I, I think the Touch Bar MacBook Pro was Apple's very quiet first test of an ARM Intel processor dual setup. And they've extended that and they're doing more with, uh, with the iMac Pro. And I think over time, we'll see ARM processors doing more and more in Macs, but they're not going to completely replace the Intel processors. I just, I just don't see that happening, at least not for a long time. Jeff Gamet, where do we find more of the stuff you do? Uh, how about over at MacObserver.com? That's, that's where I'm writing and podcasting with a lot of other incredibly talented people. I'm so lucky to get to work with the people that I, that I do. Then on Twitter, I'm at Jay Gamet. I can dig it. You can dig it. We can all dig it. Jeff Gamet, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN.
It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Rob Pegarello here, and Rob didn't go into outer space. But I understand you witnessed the SpaceX launch this past week. Yes, sir. I flew down to Orlando from D.C. Monday morning, uh, saw the launch Tuesday afternoon, then flew up to New York Wednesday morning. Exciting week all around. Can you give us some specifics here? I've seen these things on television. I've never been on location. Okay. Well, my short answer is as to, you know, what is it like to see a rocket launch? The only thing that's terrible about a rocket launch is the certainty that the rest of your day cannot be as awesome as what you just saw. Uh, yeah, it was, I've, this is not the first time I've been to the Kennedy space center. I was privileged to see the last two space shuttle launches once as a member of a tweet up NASA organized for STS one thirty four, the second to last mission. And then I got a press pass to cover the very last one to write about the tweet up experience where complete strangers share rented houses, uh, rental cars, whatever, because how else are you going to keep costs manageable when you're going to the Space Coast with maybe 100,000 other people? But this was the first time I've been back there since 2011. Uh, I've been following SpaceX's exploits for a while. And then I thought, you know, it's an interesting story, even outside of the space angle, given that the Falcon Heavy rocket that Elon Musk's company developed, probably developed. They, they didn't have a government contract for it. They've gambled something like 
half a billion dollars of their own money to build this thing. And so the question was, you know, here they have the most powerful rocket in terms of payload since the Saturn V. And this is their first try. How's it going to go? Is this the one he wants to send to Mars? No, that's the even bigger one. You know, Musk is a guy with big ideas and big dreams. So in, in this case, Falcon Heavy, I think, in the original business plan, or even going back like three or four years, it was going to split about half the business between this and the Falcon 9, the one that does most of the regular launches and, you know, has become an, an amazingly reliable and uh, routine launch vehicle. As it turns out, they kept on making Falcon 9 more capable with engine upgrades, you know, construction tweaks. So now it can launch most of the payloads that Falcon Heavy was originally going to take. So right now, it looks like the big rocket stock and trade is going to be very large Defense Department satellites, certain commercial birds that are too big to fit on the Falcon 9. And it looks like NASA will be able to make a lot of use of this because, you know, if you want to send a large spacecraft to Mars or Saturn or Jupiter or whatever, uh, this can do it. And, you know, it could do it, you know, maybe you won't need to have the spacecraft do a bunch of gravity-assisted slingshots past Jupiter to make their way to the outer planets. You can just shoot it directly there, which is also good since NASA, their big rocket, the Space Launch System, is now not supposed to launch until 2020. And they're going to spend a whole lot more than half a billion dollars getting that one ready. What do you think about it this way? Whatever he can do as a private business the government will do it for 10 times more money (laughs) yes i mean there's definitely interesting subtext there but you know this it should you know there's no reason that government should have a monopoly on space travel and with the falcon heavy musk has been able to you know basically match what other governments have done and of course this is a partially reusable rocket you know, I'll, I'll give you the sort of whole walk through the launch experience in a minute, but I did get to see the first two, the two side booster stages return to the Kennedy Space Center. And just getting, reusing a rocket stage at all, <laughs> the only space agency that's been able to do that was NASA with the shuttle and the solid, solid rocket boosters. They basically had to get rebuilt from scratch when they were plucked out of the ocean. Uh, and there was no concept of you know, let's have this rocket land on its tail like a pencil landing on its eraser with landing legs that deploy. It's a scene out of science fiction. And now this is just how things get done. You see, that's something that we keep forgetting from the earliest days watching spaceships land. It wasn't the situation where we'd lose the spaceship after launch. They simply made a landing. It's not that it was perfect necessarily. But they've reached a point here where they can do it fairly consistently, and that immediately reduces the cost of these things big time. Yep. And that is the science fiction concept right there. Well, I don't know. Do you want to go to Mars? <laughs> yeah, I would settle for going to Earth orbit first. You know, it's it's a long trip to Mars. Um, but, you know, if anyone's listening at uh, SpaceX PR who if you happen to have a seat free for a journalist on when you start flying the manned version of the Dragon capsule, give me a call. You know where to reach me. Well, there you go. I don't know if I want to go that way. You know, my preferred method of travel, let me tell our listeners this. I've mentioned it before on the PowerCast. My preferred method of travel would be the Stargate. You just enter the thing, go through a wormhole, come out at the other end in about 
30 seconds. You first. <laughs> well, I would assume by the time I got to it, they would have perfected the technology. Okay. Right. So you are watching the landing. Give us the play-by-play. So I'll start with the whole thing. So the Falcon Heavy was supposed to launch. They had a launch window going from one thirty to 4 o'clock Tuesday afternoon. And, you know, space shuttle launches had lots of constraints. You know, you had to have clear weather so the shuttle could return to land at the shuttle landing facility runway if needed. Um, you know, there were people on board that had a very precise window to be able to make its rendezvous with the International Space Station. The Falcon Heavy just needed to go straight up and send Elon Musk's Tesla Roadster <laughs> inside the payload fairing on, you know, a one-way trip out of Earth orbit. So there weren't there weren't quite that quite that many issues to worry about. But from one thirty on, people were saying, well, the upper upper atmosphere winds are a little too strong. And even for a rocket, that would be an issue. So they're like, well, we can't launch right yet. We're going to push back that launch to 210, 230. At a certain point, they, they said, they stopped the clock, said, we're, we're going to reevaluate, see what's going on. And I was thinking, you know, I don't have to head up to this conference in New York and plan to attend. I can certainly, you know, rearrange my schedule. But I want this thing to launch today because <laughs> what if they scrub tomorrow as well? Then I'm really in a pickle. Uh, finally, uh, when they... They had to start fueling the rocket about an hour and a half before launch. So at about 2.15, when they were running out of time, they said, okay, weather is clear. Let's start loading propellants. And that's when things started to get exciting. The countdown clock is ticking down. I was trying to sort of focus on other work in the press room. Finally, about 20 minutes to go, I stepped outside, and you see this clock. The rocket is about three miles away from the press site at Kennedy Space Center. There's a big American flag to the left, and then you just get this massive jolt of adrenaline right through your chest looking at that scene. Uh, it ticks down 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 2 minutes, 1 minutes. And this is the thing about seeing a rocket launch, which you don't see on TV. Launches seen in person initially happen in silence because the sound is going to take about 15 seconds to reach you. So you see this incredibly bright light burst as this thing eases up off the pad really slowly and then starts going straight up faster and faster. And then the sound wells up and starts rushing at you across the water. It's like this gigantic wave of noise, the sort of drumming coming closer and closer. And then this thunderous crackle just rushes right over you and you feel it with your entire body. And meanwhile, you're watching this thing just shoot straight up into a clear blue sky and just become this bright glowing dot. It's amazing. Oh, boy. Watching, well, the resurrection of the space program. I kind of think it really died off when they stopped the moon landings and went to space shuttles. And I thought that was so unfortunate because all the visions in science fiction mention a specific continuing space program where, okay, we'll do more moon stuff and then we'll go to Mars. We wouldn't have this long-term interruption. And I'm blaming that on Richard Nixon for uh, trimming uh, NASA's ambitions in the early 70s. I remember, he was not a crook. Anyway, Rob Pecoraros joins us, <laughs> and we'll talk more about the SpaceX launch and some other stuff, including HomePod, on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state, until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a mossy embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk green-fed dairy beverage every sip pays homage to our old world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from with over 30 probiotics a mossy's undeniably nutritious refined cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy a mossy so good and you need to try it contact your longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to gcnteam.com Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual. And this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11, through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror, and now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Pre-order now at KillingUncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com.
What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Continue on the Tech Night Out Live with Rob Picarero, who was there, SpaceX, <laughs> watching the latest effort in getting us back into space big time. What else can you tell us? So seeing the two stages landing, the two side boosters, the center booster was supposed to land out in the Atlantic on the autonomous drone ship, which itself is a crazy thing to think about. Uh, that one, it... Uh, burned fuel a little too fast and wound up splashing into the water, didn't make it. The two side boosters, you know, we were sort of standing around thinking, okay, they're supposed to land about seven minutes after launch. And at that point, the Falcon Heavy rocket has gone from view. And we're looking at them. And finally, people would see these two bright glowing dots way up in the sky. That was the initial burn. And then they're sort of making their way downhill towards us. The actual landing pads were maybe like three, four miles to the south on the Air Force side of Cape Canaveral. And finally, we see them again just over this tree line, these two bright dots. They're, they're, they're the center rocket engine in each one breaking them as they're getting ready to land. And as I'm watching this, people around me are saying, wait for the sonic boom. And then I thought, I've never heard a sonic boom before. What's it going to sound like? And then this crack just punched through the sky bam 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 and you could almost i think i could hear some building rattling it was probably the vehicle assembly building the 525 foot tall structure inside which nasa assembled the saturn V and the space shuttle and i thought okay that's what a sonic boom sounds like it's pretty loud i've heard them i've heard sonic booms once or twice it wasn't a ufo ufos travel in silence of anyway. course so, ask some more insights before we move on. So, yeah, now that SpaceX has done this, you know, it's it's interesting because a lot of people in, you know, sort of traditional space at first, and you can't totally blame them, were thought, you know, who is this kid, Elon Musk, coming in here? He has no background in this. He has his, his fingers in so many pots at any one time. There's SpaceX, there's Tesla, there's the Boring Company, <laughs> experiment in urban tunneling. Um, you know, he's selling flamethrowers on Twitter. What is this guy up to? And yeah, they had a rough start. One, their very first rocket, only like 75 feet tall. First three launches failed. On the fourth launch, and they were basically about to run out of money, they got this thing to lift off and go into orbit, and it was the first privately built rocket to do that. And then the Falcon 9, that was, you know, a ride behind schedule. People said, Sure, let's see you do this. And at the time, there was no thought that, oh, this is going to be reusable. It's going to do all these sci-fi things. It's just, here is our rocket. We can put your satellite into, or into Earth orbit for less than everyone else. Here's our price, publicly listed $62 million per launch. And meanwhile, the traditional, in, in the U.S., until then, all rocket launches pretty much were done by a company called United Launch Alliance, which, which is a joint venture of Boeing and Lockheed Martin. And, you know, I guess they charge the prices you can charge when the alternative is you could you can go to the European Space Agency and their Ariane rocket, which launches at French Guiana. You can go with the Russians, buy a ride in a proton rocket out of uh, Kazakhstan or wherever, or, uh, you know, go with the Chinese. And the U.S. Air Force <laughs> is not going to do that. Uh, a lot of U.S. companies might not want to do that. SpaceX dramatically undercut their pricing, and they've made the Falcon 9 into a very reliable vehicle. There was one explosion in flight, a rapid unscheduled disassembly. 
took some time to figure out what was wrong, returned to flight. SpaceX got a contract to deliver cargo to the space station and then bring it back on the Dragon capsule, and they've done that. Uh, and now they've got a contract along with Boeing to take astronauts to the ISS. And that is what I am most looking forward to next from that company, because we have had to outsource that work to the Russians since the last shuttle flight in 2011. And while I have nothing but the utmost appreciation for Russian cosmonauts and Russian engineers, I don't know that we need that country in the critical path of human space exploration for the United States. And SpaceX and Boeing will be able to do something about it. And it looks like SpaceX will be able to do that before Boeing. They need to have a launch of the crewed version of the Dragon capsule by the end of this year. You know, start taking astronauts to the ISS sometime 2019, hopefully before or at least in the first half of the year. Of course, the politics with Russia are so difficult now, more than at any time in recent years. So it makes sense if we can do it here. We don't have to worry about that. So at this point, have you looked into the future plans from SpaceX as to what they're going to do next? So their big venture is what's called the BFR, Big Falcon Rocket, which is this two-stage vehicle that will be designed to take a lot of people, a lot of cargo into Earth orbit, uh, have the first stage be fully reusable. It's very sci-fi if it if the development proceeds on about the same timeline as the Falcon Heavy, even though this is a new vehicle, it's more complex, it's got a different engine. We won't see this as soon as Elon Musk says we will, which... And fortunately, he has said, I think he said in a press uh, conference after the launch, you know, we got this done. Our priority right now is the Crew Dragon. Let's get into the astronaut business. And that's as it should be. You know, I I hope he does a great job with the BFR. But first of all, (laughs) Alon, you have a paying customer with NASA. Let's make them happy. And also here, we want to make sure they can get out some more Tesla Model 3s. In the interim. Right. Less of a priority for me. We're not in the market for a new car right now. But yes, I, I understand there are a lot of people who put their deposits down some time ago. would like to uh, get on with that. Well, right now, the latest I heard is they don't expect to reach 5000 a month until June. And 5000 a month, obviously 60000 a year if they have, what, several hundred thousand pre-orders. They're going to wait till gonna 2021. They're going to have to catch up. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting to compare. Someone, I don't know who was, wrote a comparison a few months back between SpaceX and Tesla. And, you know, not to take anything against what Tesla has done, making electric cars a mass market item and, and forcing, you know, remember how no one in uh, among the big three U.S. automakers seemed that interested in electric cars? But SpaceX has been going out, getting things done. And, you know, they've had their delays, but their record, I think, looks more impressive than Tesla, even though you'd think, what's easier? Build a car that runs on batteries, <laughs> build a freaking spaceship. Uh, I would say the car would be the easier thing to do, and that's not the case here. Well, I think with rockets, even, we realize that the earliest attempts at space exploration by the U.S. had a lot of failures. We yep. forget that. Exactly. The one thing you'll hear over and over again from people around uh, the Kennedy Space Center is space is hard. And it's true. I mean, when you actually you're standing there on the, on the press site at KSC and you're, you're seeing this demonstration of 
you know, this is what five million pounds of thrust looks like and sounds like. And yeah, the rocket didn't explode. You you appreciate this is this is not easy. There's a reason why, you know, it, it took the U.S. so long to make this happen. That there still aren't that many countries that, you know, can put things into Earth orbit, much less have put people into Earth orbit. Well, the question I have here is: Can Elon Musk make a profit from this venture? Because that's the whole point of having something like this by private industry. Somebody's got to make money. Right. Yeah, and you know, they managed to do it. If you know, there was definitely times where SpaceX could have packed it in. They were looking at things in the sense of, well, you know, how much more money do we put into this? And but they persevered, and here we are. Well, there you go. Now they're talking about the Martian mission. What in the two thousand twenties? I think so. I mean, they originally they had. That's another area where they've scaled back. They had an idea where they were going to use the Falcon Heavy to deliver, to take people into space as well. And there, there was a teleconference before the launch, Monday afternoon, where Musk said, you know, at this point, we don't think it's worthwhile to to man rate the Falcon Heavy. It's going to be a little too much work. Uh, we're, we're going to put our attention, our interest into the BFR instead for that, which realistically means, you know, commercial space travel for more than two people on a stretch or four people on a stretch is a ways off, which, you know, fine. Let's, let's, let's take care of, first of all, making sure we can get astronauts to and from the ISS without writing a check to uh, Roscosmos, the Russian space agency. Well, there you go. Anyway, it was certainly a thrilling attempt. And the fact that yep. cable TV news gave it live coverage it's like remembering a past and bringing it back again and bringing back the early days of the space program where everything that was done was watched and monitored carefully until it all became an afterthought. Oh, well, let's come down to Earth. Right. Let's have a look at the home pod. We have Rob Pegarero. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S dot com. Mm-hmm. 
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, Rob, HomePod, what can you tell us? Well, uh, I've read the reviews. I, I gawked at one briefly, and the Apple Stern near me this morning said a command to it. Siri, play the next song. And, um, yeah, you know, it seems like a great piece of hardware. I can't quite judge the sound in the Apple Store because, you know, I didn't want to annoy everybody else by cranking it all the way up. Uh, it seems like Apple has built a very good speaker. Uh, at the same time, the, the existing issues of Siri and the spectrum of voice-controlled personal assistants remain. Siri is something that lives in Apple hardware and nowhere else. Uh, in this case, and you know, everyone has seized on this in their reviews of the HomePod, you know, if you're not, the less all-in you are in the Apple ecosystem, the less useful this is. Uh, and it's crazy to me that this doesn't support Bluetooth audio streaming. It has Bluetooth 5.0 on board. Why would you not do that? I mean, is it that crazy to think that maybe somebody might want to stream from another Bluetooth device? I don't know where Apple is going with that, but in general, acting as if your customers are expected to shun anything from a competitor, that was not a good look when Microsoft you know, pulled that stuff in the late 90s, and it doesn't look any better coming from Apple. Well, the thing I'm wondering about here with regard to this is couple of minor limitations I hear about. Number one, there's no manual EQ. It does all the thinking for you. Right. Is that a good idea or what? Is it Apple with a nanny state or just a simple product that they want you to be able to turn on and use without having to go through the rigmarole? Is it going to figure out the proper sound balance? Why should that, it bother? But on the other hand, wouldn't it be nice to say, Siri, give me more bass? We have our preferences. Right. You know, people bought Beats headphones, too, when they were still a little bit bassy. I understand now they're more balanced. I mean, this is also a speaker that doesn't have a line in input. So it looks nice. It, it's it's smaller than you'd think. You know, having, if you've seen pictures of it that, that wasn't next to a person's hand or a ruler or something. Yeah. And, and it is $350. So you, you have to really value good sound and be very much of the Apple ecosystem. Like, I'm not in the market for it. And, you know, I, I know a few people who have been longtime Apple 
Mac and iOS users who are also kind of on the fence. I mean, it sounds like some things will get better when it supports AirPlay 2. If they could deliver Bluetooth streaming via software update, but, you know, the cardinal rule of buying the gadget has got to be the decision to purchase it has to, you know, pencil out based on the specs it has right now. Expecting something to get magically better because of software updates. It happens a lot, you know. Things improve through software. You can make products better after they ship. But, you know, it's kind of a sucker's bet to buy something and think, well, this will become worthwhile when they ship feature X, Y, and Z. Did they think of that with the Apple Watch? I wonder, because remember the first generation Apple Watch, you had a $10,000 model with thousands of dollars (laughs) spent with the watch band. Yeah. And it's funny, the Apple Watch in some way through software has gotten a little bit worse over time, given that a lot of companies no longer ship Apple Watch apps. They decided this, this, no, this doesn't really do anything for us. Well, I think Apple also has increased the focus on health and fitness, and that's the biggest function for it. Right. But it's obviously, if you can believe what Tim Cook says, sales up, what, over 50%. Uh, Canalis reports sales of $18 million in 2017, which is the third year of the product. The first one came out in 2015. And we forget that number is not that much lower than Max. And in the third year of the iPhone, they sold $20 million. So whatever else we think, it's doing fairly good there. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to see how the uh, HomePod does. You know, we'll, in in the sense of, A, will it get software updates that sort of fill in some of these blanks? B, how many of these things does Apple sell? You know, and I guess we may know sooner rather than later if there's a price cut or there's some other, if Apple does something non-Apple-esque to try to uh, get more of these things to leave its stores in the hands of paying customers. We don't know how many they actually produced. And also, we don't know how many, how much demand there is for this. I mean, we think we know about such products as the Amazon Echoes. And the cheap ones must sell a lot. But the last I heard about sales, they were no great shakes. Right. Well, with Amazon, they have their own issue, which is that they never, ever talk about like actual hard numbers of sales of their gadgets. How many Kindle e-readers has Amazon sold? Who knows? They've never, you know, pick a number out of a hat. So same thing with all these things. They'll they'll offer all sorts of numbers that, you know, suggest positive trends. But in terms of how many of these things did you take money from customers for? I think the the question is also here, how many people care about having a speaker you talk to in your house? Uh, I'm definitely not one of them. I, I don't have uh, an Amazon Echo or a Google Home or any of these things around home. It's, you know, if I, I find Google Assistant handy. I, I was actually, you know, as I was stuck in endless traffic on the way out of uh, uh, Kennedy Space Center Tuesday afternoon, I, I was using Google Assistant to sort of run some Google searches, you know, with my eyes looking ahead since I just had to put my finger on the little button at the bottom of the phone to sort of research my options. All right. Well, that is something you would try to do with Siri also with your iPhone. Right. Or if you have Android Auto or CarPlay on your car. 
But the thing about those things, I wonder too, is I've tried CarPlay from time to time, and nothing about it knocks me out. I think partly because I'm so used to a certain routine listening to the radio in the car. And trying CarPlay, well, you got to plug the thing in, and the only vehicles that have wireless CarPlay are the very expensive ones, like a BMW 5 Series. Right. If I have a spare $60,000, though, I don't think I would care about that car, because they just make it very difficult. Right. So, <laughs> regardless, I don't know. I think it makes it awkward. Oh, you got to plug it in. And if you're doing certain other pursuits, it kind of interrupts. And I can go into that, but it's kind of not... I'll give you an answer about that. If you're doing something, say you are doing a ride-hailing gig, like Lyft or Uber. Right. Apple, CarPlay, don't use it. It doesn't work. I mean, you may want to plug in your iPhone to recharge it, but what I do with my car is I use the what they call the... the standard adapter the old cigarette lighter adapter in the car and i put in one of those usb plugs in there so i can just plug it in and charge my phone and not engage carplay yeah i mean what i usually use i just use the android auto app on my phone which you know the great thing is if you pair your phone with bluetooth to your car even if the phone is the, the phone the car is so old it only does bluetooth hands-free calling the phone will know when that happens to switch on Android Auto, which locks out everything else. It's the super simplified thing where it'll read your text messages to you, let you know who called, and basically not tell you anything about anything else going on. You won't be bugged if there's an email coming in, if there's a Facebook update or whatever. Uh, that's good. That's And the nice thing is, you know, get some little car mount, you know, the kind that you clip onto one of the dashboard uh, heating cooling vents. And you have this thing right where you can see it. You know, you don't need to buy a new car with Android Auto or CarPlay built in. And the important stuff, you know, show me where I need to make a turn. Don't show me anything else I don't care about. Gets handled pretty well by that. You know, we also have to look here at how much we've sacrificed our freedom. We're so dependent on these devices. And I'm going to ask you about that in a moment. We got Rob Pigarero. He writes, for so many places, he'll tell you later what they are. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Okay, what concerns me there is... Obviously, I'm an older guy, and I drove for years with the radio. And I didn't worry so much about what was going on with my phone. And then I got a car with Bluetooth. So I at least can stay in touch if I have to. And not be tempted to look at the car. I mean, if you're doing the ride-hailing gig, you're constantly in touch with your phone right. because it's doing the nav. But otherwise, no. 
why do we have to be so dependent? I mean, for years, if someone sent a message to you, they could wait until you reach your destination for you to check your mail or check a phone message or something. Why do you have to have it now? Even assuming the design is such that's not really detracting from your attention, which is the purpose of an Android Auto or CarPlay, why do you even need to think about it? Maybe the emergency phone call. Don't people use phones anymore? <laughs> I mean, so they have I, to realize maybe you're not in the place where you can do a text. Call. If it's important, call. You're still not locked out of that. Forget about everything else. Just listen to the radio or whatever you're doing there. And don't worry about it. So I had a little reminder of the importance of being able to function independently from your phone when the uh, Monday afternoon, or just before afternoon, drove into Kennedy Space Center after getting lost once and thought, well, you know, once once I'm actually at KSC, I cannot get lost. Look for the vehicle assembly building. It's 525 feet long. Drive towards that. Uh, and sort of get past the uh, the sort of gate where they check my press badge, wave me through. And I'm like, yeah, right, okay, I just go straight right here, right, and just ignore the sign. And about 10 minutes later, I realized, I don't think I've seen this part of KSC before. Then I realized I'd driven over to the Cape Canaveral Air Force Station, which is also where I realized T-Mobile doesn't have much of a signal. So I thought, great, I'm driving around an Air Force base. I'm not supposed to be here. I could get arrested. I don't know how to get out of here. And so I sort of looked around, figured out, and sort of zoomed back out of Google Maps enough to see that, okay, right, I need to turn around here. And that bridge thing I went over is actually the causeway where I need to go back and then make a right. And then once I got on this bridge, after having successfully navigated sort of as if by consulting a map, just a map with a little blue dot, but I couldn't use any interactive features of it without any data. Finally saw the VAB. I'm like, aha, I should have gone left two miles ago. Uh, so I was glad I was able to at least get myself unlost, you know, despite having only minimal access to any sort of electronic guidance. But you might have missed the opportunity to meet the men in black right. to take you in custody. Yes. You know, the, the Air Force side looks pretty neat as well. They, they have lots of pads for smaller rockets like the Atlas V, the Delta IV Heavy, uh, a lot of these historic sites. As I mentioned, that's where SpaceX lands their uh, boosters when they return to land. If anyone's considering a trip to Central Florida and you're going to be around the Orlando area, I would say by all means, give Disney a rest for a day and, you know, drive the uh, 45 minutes or so east of Orlando along 528 to uh, the Kennedy Space Center. You will not be disappointed. You know, I was thinking here, let's get back to the HomePod for a moment, thinking about where it fits in with the marketplace. Yes. Obviously, there are premium smart speakers, so-called. And I appreciate one thing that Apple has done, even though I mentioned EQ, and that is, I realize this is one unit. But the biggest problem with speaker systems, especially stereo systems or surround sound is setting them up with the proper audio balance. It's not just taking one thing and turning it on and letting it play like computer speakers or right. a portable radio or something. It is setting up a system and that's always difficult. Even with a sound bar, I have a Vizio sound bar here and it's mostly set and forget except it comes with a subwoofer, wireless subwoofer and you need to fine-tune that. And you'll find okay. almost anywhere you put it, you may have to configure it. You know, the normal level 
is going to be overwhelming where I live. For some reason, we have a very live rear wall, and everything bounces off it. To do that automatically for you by, I guess, sort of figuring out the acoustics right. of the room and uh, right and adjusting it dynamically based on where you're at, which. Sounds neat, but obviously you couldn't test in the Apple store. Right. That's what HomePod's supposed to do. What I had to do manually, because we also have this crazy neighbor upstairs. And when it gets the sympathetic vibrations from the wall, you hear that it's kind of like you're passing a car and they're running really some hip hop music at full bass. And you hear boom, 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 and you can feel it. So evidently, although he wouldn't let me come to his house, he was feeling the sympathetic vibrations from the bass when I'd listen to the TV. I don't play it super loud. When I heard it, it was a little overwhelming. I had to really back off the bass quite a bit. Even though the woofer was not against the wall, I have it actually at the front of the TV stand to the side of the set. And I had to turn it down to about half its normal level for the sound to come into balance. So that I had Mm. to do. That's the manual adjustment. Everything else I just left alone. That's the manual adjustment. If you're doing a full surround sound system where you've got, this is a basic 5.1 system, where you've got center, left, right, and rears. You've got to bring it all into balance. Yeah. You know, my, my own speaker setup these days is pretty straightforward. Soundbar in front of the TV, subwoofer wired to the side of the TV, and that is it. <laughs> There's no rear channel speaker nonsense to contend with. Well, if that's what I had, I still had to adjust the subwoofer to bring it into balance. But like I said, that's our situation. The previous soundbar was a sound base that went under the TV. So everything was part of that box. There was no separate subwoofer. It had two woofer modules in it. Now, it's the same thing. I had to turn down the balance. Where I used to live, everything was perfect. I just left everything automatic. Here... The live rear wall. Got to talk about the people who designed it. I think it was just designed cheaply, without a lot of insulation from apartment to apartment Isn't that or something. The case? Of course. So that's why I had to go through this extraordinary method. And more expensive systems do have ways to tailor the sound. If the HomePod has solved that problem, that technology could be used for different sorts of systems. Now, supposedly, mm-hmm. there's going to be a software update where you can take two. Home pods and put them and set up like a two speaker system, which you can't do now. That might make a pretty good surround sound device. You know, put them on the TV stand, make sure it's wide enough and have one at each side. Would that give you a good balance? I guess. I know, there's all sorts of interesting stuff. You, your comment about how your neighbor hears the, the speakers. The, there's a company I saw in France of all places last, was it? Yeah, last year, last summer. Uh, called Acoustic Arts, Acoustic spelled AK, where their whole thing is a highly directional speaker so that only you were supposed to be able to hear it. So, yeah, you can do lots of interesting stuff these days with using software to sort of play with sound in ways you couldn't have done before. You couldn't have done it at any affordable price for a, for a consumer. Well, the things with all the automated adjustments, those are the $1,000 plus. On the other hand... They still sell, and this is a rarefied atmosphere in the audio business, loudspeaker systems costing over $10,000 that still require manual placement and adjustment. I can't figure that one out. Rob Pegarero and Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio you heard right proactive md plus free shipping and a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush you'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back call now 1-800-583-8662 that's 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio again go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. 
We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl. Live with Gene Steinberg. So I mentioned there briefly about the fact that these extraordinarily expensive speaker systems still require manual placement. And you said, Rob? Yes, you reminded me of one time around CES. I got a pitch along the lines of, Ever wondered what a $40,000 speaker sounds like? <laughs> my one-word answer was no. Well, you know, my late brother back in the 80s and early 90s before we left to Arizona, he had a system called Duntech Sovereign, two humongously large tower-like speakers. And they cost over $20,000 in 1987. dollars. They would fly them in from Australia. I didn't think they sounded that great. Even the name sounds expensive. Yeah. I don't even know if they're even made anymore. I don't know. Where, where do you have to go by that? I don't even know if the mm-hmm. darn things are made. I haven't followed it that much. I used to follow high-end audio. And then I kind of sort of realized there that you're catering to a rarefied atmosphere. And the problem there is that they don't always perform better. Hmm. Funny how that works. There's a piece you wrote for Yahoo Finance. I want to hear about this because we talk about privacy so long. Like Apple had this very silly bug in Mac OS High Sierra where you can gain root access, being the super user, all-powerful user with control of everything, and you can get in there without a password. Not even the password password. Nothing. Because Apple fixed it pretty quickly. Now you got something here called about an exercise app for social exercise called Strava? Yes, Strava, they call themselves the social network for athletes. And what they're basically, you know, they're catering to the very human need and want to compare yourself with others. So, you know, here's your run. How do you compare with other people who've run this course, who've biked this course? Um, You know, it's really handy if you go to a new city, you can use Strava and see what are the good running routes instead of finding out that, oh, you know, this is a pillow, there's a bunch of traffic, whatever. That's all good stuff. Um, but a couple of issues have come to light with this thing recently. And for me, timing is pretty lousy because I did a long feature story for the quarterly magazine of the U.S. Geospatial Intelligence Foundation about interesting developments in GeoInt for short. And Strava was one of the companies I featured. I wrote a rather approving little brief recap of them like – Here's what they do. Here's how they sort of aggregated all this data to provide a service they call Strava Metro, where if you're a city or a county or, say, a cyclist advocacy organization, you can see aggregated data over time to see where and when do people bike around a city. And that could tell you, well, okay, this this street could use a bike lane. Or, you know, here no one bikes here even though it's a short route. What makes this unfriendly to a cyclist? And I thought, you know, this is good. This is taking data from individual users, aggregating while protecting their privacy. What I didn't even think about, and no one else did, that a different Strava product called the heat map, which simply shows 
not over time, just where the total traces people have left, their Strava routes, where they ran, where they biked around the world. Uh, it turns out soldiers also like to go for workouts. You know, it's not all, um, hopefully not all getting shot at and whatnot because they use Strava and they, they didn't, you know, opt in for their extreme privacy setting. Their, st- their runs, their, their jogs, whatever, their rides showed up on the heat map, which started revealing military bases overseas, some of which we didn't know about. <laughs> That's not good. You know, you can't quite blame Strava for that because they call themselves the social network for athletes. Uh, and how are they supposed to know? Oh, we shouldn't put this on the heat map because it's a secret military base. They're, they're not clear for that information. But that caused other people to take a look at Strava. And one of these, it turns out a company had already been doing its own research into how a privacy option there called Privacy Zones works. And that's where you can say, don't show my home on the map. And the way Strava does this, you can go into, you have to go to their website to enable this, not in the app, even though you only ever use the app most of the time. So you designate your home and it's basically is not going to show any activity within, say, a quarter mile of it or half a mile, whatever you designate. The problem is the privacy zone is always this distance. So if you go between two or three runs that are in different places, you're going to see that all these runs stop a certain point from some point in between. Draw a circle around each endpoint of that, and where those circles meet is your home. So the privacy feature that was supposed to keep your location confidential has made it very easy for anyone versed in you know Euclidean geometry <laughs> to look at it and see, aha, this is where this person is. This is this company, Wandera. They're a mobile security firm. They they did this research, brought it to Strava's attention. Strava said, well, they basically said it's not a bug. It's a feature. This is how it's supposed to work. So they published their findings. They gave them to me a few days in advance for me to look around them, make some inquiries of my own. And it's a problem. Uh, the solution, which they outlined, which makes sense to me, I ran this by another privacy professional who said, you know, yeah, you, having them be the exact same size, these privacy zones, will make this possible. Vary it. So have their privacy zones sometimes be within – say three-eighths of a mile, sometimes it's seven-eighths. So you can't simply draw circles around each endpoint and see where they intersect. Hopefully they'll do that. But it's a good reminder that privacy, doing it right, is can be difficult. And doing, thing, doing what seems like the obvious thing may not actually help anybody. And then, of course, there's a separate problem that because this is a feature that affects your privacy in a mobile app, but you can't set it in the mobile app, most people probably never used anyways. Well, I don't know. We all worry about privacy and everybody finds a way to fear monger about it. Obviously, there are privacy yep. concerns about smart speakers like an Amazon Echo, whereas with HomePod, supposedly we don't have to worry about that because you have a few controls. When do you expect to get a HomePod to give it more extensive testing? Me, probably not ever. You know, I'm not really an audiophile, so I, I'm not in the line to review it as a smart speaker. Uh, the places where I do write most often, Yahoo Finance and USA Today, someone's already done that job. For me as a music listener, well, <laughs> I'm speaking to you through a Mac desktop, but on the desk in front of it, there's an iPad, an Android phone, a Windows laptop. I'm not in enough of the Apple ecosystem for the HomePod to make any sense for me to buy for my own use. And I am an audio person, but I can't at this particular point in time figure out any reason why I would need a HomePod. Yeah, it seems like yeah, it would be nice. Like my wife has a Bluetooth speaker. That sounds pretty good. It might be nice to buy like, you know, a really good Bluetooth speaker, but I'm pretty sure I could get one that would have good enough quality 
that, you know, it doesn't have Siri built in or Alexa or Google Assistant. And I'd be okay with that. That's fine. Because I, if I need to use those apps, my phone is right in my pocket or my iPad is right on the coffee table in front of me. Speaking of privacy, there's an article you wrote for Yahoo Finance, why a car can protect your privacy as well as a smartphone. Now, I should point out here too, and I had a security expert on the Tech Night Now Live maybe a year or two back, and he said for 30 or $35, he could build a device that would, when you're nearby, capture the data on your key fob and replace it so that that person could take control of your car. That is a risk. I've heard of that. So what I wrote about in this piece was not about that in particular. This was an insight that came to me. I was, I was watching a panel discussion about connected car privacy at the Washington Auto Show last month. And people were saying, you know, we, we think self-regulation is the answer, voluntary guidelines, which, you know, good luck selling that to the American people, given all the privacy screw-ups corporate America has perpetrated or been involved in over the past couple of years. But then, you know, you think about it, your connected car knows where you live, where you go to work. And Google Maps knows that too, but your connected car also knows if you're a good driver or not. And then think about the Let's data. just stop with that. It yeah. knows whether you're a good driver. And that's why insurance companies will stick something in that communications port that the service yeah, people use because they'll get your full it's not just for diagnostics it gets your full driving record off there and they can determine based on your driving history whether to give you a discount or whether to right base their rates on the fact that you're not a very very good driver let's get into more of this in the final segment of the tech night owl live <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, June 1st through the 4th for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into ancient aliens, human origins, crop circles, and UFO sightings. More than 100 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts Giorgio Sukalos, David Wilcock, Linda Moulton Howe, Eric Von Doniken, Corey Good, Doc Wallach, and more. Get tickets at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com.
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Aging is one thing that affects everyone. George has talked about the power of stem cells for years. Now, there's a new serum that harnesses that stem cell power to bring back your youthful look. Beverly Hills doctor, Nathan Newman. Stem cells are basically our fountain of youth. This is what maintains our body's uh, reparative, regenerative abilities. As we age, every cell breaks down and needs to be replaced, and what replaces it is a stem cell. Dr. Newman and Janesse have developed Luminess. Luminess takes the science of stem cells using the same growth factor complex that literally heals our cells, slowing the appearance of the aging process. Apply Luminous twice daily and on average see results in a week. Learn more, watch our video, and order today at a special Coast website, healthylooking.com. Plus, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's healthylooking.com. Luminous for a healthier, much younger, better-looking you. Buy now at healthylooking.com. Many medicines used to treat colds and flu contain acetaminophen, a pain reliever and fever reducer found in hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription medicines. But taking too much or more than one medication containing acetaminophen per day can damage your liver. So always read the label and don't take acetaminophen if you drink three or more alcoholic drinks every day. To learn more, visit fda.gov slash OTC pain info. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Food and Drug Administration. with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. So I was saying, Rob Pegarero here, what we expect from our cars is a safe driving experience, but because they're connected, they can monitor things you want. Like insurance companies try to sell you on the idea of putting one of these little yep. recording devices. And I forget the company who does it. There's one company who makes all these devices for most of the insurance companies. And it goes into your diagnostic port. And it knows if you brake too hard. It knows if you accelerate too hard. It knows if you exceed a certain predetermined speed limit it even knows if you drive early in the morning where it determines that's an area where you'll be very tired and maybe not be as safe a driver yeah all state this is sort of separate they, they've got a data subsidiary and they're using the data they've gathered from these devices to actually offer useful guidance that other companies can build into their navigation apps so to be able to tell you 
on the street, on this curve you're about to go through, there have been more accidents than usual. Please be careful. That's, you know, a good use of the data. The problem I sort of focused on was think about what you can do with the data Google Maps collects about you. You can inspect this. You can see your Google timeline. You can delete part of it. You can edit it. You can export this data to do whatever you want with it. You can delete it entirely. Can you do that with a connected car? The answer is no. I asked around the closest I could find to this notion of giving the driver ownership of their data. BMW has a a service called Car Data. They have in Europe right now, not yet in the U.S., where you can, in fact, provide some of your data to a third party like a mechanic so they can then use it to help diagnose the vehicle. I'm like, well, that's good. You know, but if the car is just collecting this information, you don't get to see it. You don't get to benefit from it. You know, that's bad. And people love to give Google a lot of crap over, you know, you you know so much about me, but at least they let you see this stuff. And they have a history of standing up to government curiosity over it. You know, Google was one of the first tech companies to have a transparency report where every year, I think twice a year, they document this is how many uh, search warrants we got for data this year from every government in the world where we operate. I don't know of any car companies that have a transparency report. So what I, I wrote this piece to say, this is a good time for the car industry to get out in front and to learn from the mistakes of the smartphone industry. You know, this is your time to clearly document the rules you operate by when law enforcement asks for a connected car's data, to give the driver some way to look at this stuff, or at least before you sell the car, delete all the personal data it collected about you from the car. Where right now, I, I looked, apparently the Tesla Roadster, the, the Tesla Model S, does let you do that. You can delete all your info from the car. Everything else, you know, you got to do one thing in the navigation app, another one in the, the Bluetooth settings, you know, but there's no simple factory data reset option for the car. The You're car opening road. your driving history even to the service department at your car dealer because the they're going to look at that to determine what's wrong with your car. Well, your one of your spark plugs is misfiring, whatever the problem is. Maybe your emission control system is not working right. Yes. But you're handing, it's like handing your smartphone unlocked to somebody when you take it to your service department for a routine oil change or maintenance because they have access to all this other stuff there. And as you raise a point in your article about you sell your car, can you delete your personal information? I mean, with a smartphone, you reset the thing. You wipe it clean. You sell off a computer. You can wipe the drive clean. You can even do one of these secure deletes or something. Yep. But your smart car with all the gadgets on computers, you hand it into the dealer when you're doing a trade-in. You give them the key, you sign it over, and you wonder, do they or will they just wipe it clean? Do they have you know, an erase adjustment on their diagnostic system where they can just wipe the data? Or do they even care? It's to be hoped. And what about the next owner? If the next owner is a hacker, is he going to find out, oh, let's find out all about the driving history of the person who had this car before? Exactly. And, you know, when smartphones first came around, there wasn't any way to securely delete stuff. There was no encrypted storage. And so it took a few iterations for companies to get that right. I would say, you know, Detroit, Tokyo, Seoul, Stuttgart, (laughs) Munich, wherever. Please take note. Other people have been through the situation before. Learn from their example. Well, I think it's one of those things that hasn't been publicly abused, even though we know it probably has. Obviously, when, what was it? Was it Fiat Chrysler who had a problem where their car could be hacked 
Yes. And they had to adjust the software for it. When people actually find their privacy sacrificed, you know, like with Equifax and 140 million people, when that happens to someone's car and they realize the danger, not that it's academic because you explained it in an article or someone else did, but where it really, really happens, then I think something will be done because that's the way it always is. You have to wait for the crime to be committed before you find a way to prevent it. Exactly. So, yeah, hopefully people read the post, think about it. It's all I can do. Did you get any response from the car industry? I did not. No. I mean, I, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not that they haven't thought about the, these issues. Pretty much all the automakers and the, the major ones in the U.S., based here and based overseas, have, have signed a set of privacy principles that, that basically have the right goals in place. But you would have to know to look at the site of this particular trade association to find that they've signed on to them. And, yeah, it's, it's really not clear. The, the one case I looked at in particular was Honda, where they, uh, they have, the, have or had this electric car, the Fit EV, only leased in California. And page two of the lease agreement says that, you know, Honda can collect information about this for diagnostic purposes and also for any legal purpose. I talked to Honda and they said, we're only, we only use this, you know, for diagnostic. It's an electric car. We're trying to figure out what makes the battery go down. And I'm like, I get it. But (laughs) the second page of documentation, the potential driver sees really opens the door wide open. And that's why, I mean, I've made this point dozens of times, you know, lawyers should look at your privacy policy, but if they write it, with an eye towards make sure we don't get sued for for not allowing any possible use case we might have for the data that never looks good. If you, if you write things to keep your options open, people will get scared because it's really not possible to write saying that lets the company do what they want with your data that doesn't in fact suggest they will do whatever the hell they want with your data. Again, it's going to take an example of abuse with the wrong person before something happens. Maybe Jimmy Kimmel will be (laughs) hacked and he'll get on the air and say, look what happened to me. We've got to do something. And suddenly millions of people will realize it. Rob Pegarero, can you tell us where we can learn more about the stuff you do? I'm on Twitter as at Rob Pegarero. I'm on the web at robpegarero.com. And that that same first name, last name, R-O-B-P-E-G-O-R-A-R-O. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, most places online. And you're right for Yahoo Finance, USA Today, Wirecutter, and various other clients as they come and go. And hopefully they come so he stays busy and rich. Then maybe he'll be able to buy himself nice. an iMac Pro for $5,000. You can find us on Twitter if you look for Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can also find Gene Steinberg on Facebook. You can also check out our other radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And we'll be hearing this week from Stan Gordon on the Paracast. Stan Gordon is a researcher on all things paranormal from Pennsylvania. And that big state has lots of really weird things happening. And you'll learn about them from Stan. Go to Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. And by the way, we added a new station for the Paracast in Guam, believe it or not. You can also hear a special version of this show, The Tech Night Owl Live. Without the ads, the network ads, with better quality audio. Speaking of audio quality, if you subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus, it's also the best way to support the show. For a low subscription rate, weekly, monthly, annually, etc., etc., 
you get the special version of this show for find out more go to plus.technightowl.com that's plus.technightowl.com and we'll tell you how you can get started for less than half what you pay for a Starbucks coffee and now that I did that Starbucks will never advertise <laughs> Rob Pegarero thanks for joining us in the Tech Night Out Live thanks for having me The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.